Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Ruthie, Uni, Dad and Me. We've had a name change to reflect the change in the podcast. This is the fourth time we've done this introduction because I've not done it right yet. So hopefully this one will stick. <laughs> Ruthie, Uni, Dad and Me. That's our catchy new title uh, to reflect the fact you're now at York at, University. Yep. It's like just like when they brought back the spicy Monster Munch. On the packets it was all like new it's so new it's old or something like that it's just like that so if you are tuning in for the first time then i'm ruth um or ruthie uh, and i'm studying french and spanish at the university of york and i'm in my first year i'm in my sixth week i want to say Mm -hmm. i'm on a reading week at the moment which essentially means i'm put off procrastinate doing all the work that i've got to do are you really no no no. i am getting it done but I also do procrastinate a bit, but I yeah. think that's it's quite symptomatic what, of being a student. You're doing, you're doing the grammar, yeah. Spanish grammar, French grammar. That's it's hard, yeah. Linguistics. And this is my dad. Yes, although I'm dad. I think they probably gathered that. Anyway, it's it's week. If you're following the podcast right the way through, it's week two in Love Island. How's it going? Because you you did say last week. Said it was, it was a lot like Love Island, mm. not in the way that like everyone's in love with each other just in the intensity of the relationships and whatever but and um, what I wanted to talk about was I went home for the first so I've been at uni for just over five weeks now but I went home for the first time properly home last weekend so I stayed Friday and Saturday night and it was very weird in what way was it weird just it was just like so strange walking into this house that had been home ba- I basically I've lived there basically my whole life. I, we moved into that house when I was like five or six or something. So it really is proper, like, classic childhood home. Um, but it was just strange walking into it. Like, it didn't quite feel the same. It, it still felt like home, but not quite home. And I, it reminded me of, um, if you've seen the film Garden State with Zach Braff, it reminded me of that. There's these lines in it. So he says, You know that point in your life when you realise that the house that you grew up in isn't really your home anymore all of a sudden even though you have some place where you can put your stuff that idea of home is gone you'll see when you move out it just sort of happens one day one day and it's just gone and you can never get it back it's like when you get homesick for a place that doesn't even exist i don't know maybe it's like a right like this rite of passage you know you don't have this feeling again until you create a new idea of home for yourself for your kids for the family you start it's like a cycle or something i miss the idea of it Maybe that's all family really is, a group of people who miss the same imaginary place. And I'd watched that film, 
and being like, oh yeah, that's such an interesting thought or whatever. But then when I did go back home, I did think this is not, it is home still. And it's home because you're there and it's home because mum's there and whatever. But it's not home in the same kind of comforting, like a warm hug way that Mm. it was before. Um, But then I also wouldn't say that uni is home. You're quite, yeah, you were in quite a hurry to get back to uni, though. You didn't want to sort of hang around. No, because it feels strange. And it's also like, I don't want it to, to feel too comfortable and not want to go back or whatever. But I was excited to get back also to see everyone and stuff. Just, I think I was expecting to go home and feel at home, if that makes mm. sense. Well, I've deleted some of your episodes of This Is Why We're Having To... <laughs> because the idea of the podcast is that we don't just talk about your life at uni, but talk about us being empty nesters, yeah. sort of. And about the first week you were away, I thought, well, I'm going to have to admit it now, she's gone. So I did delete a few episodes of Scrubs <laughs> to make a bit more space on the uh, skybox. Does the house feel different now I'm not in it? And now no kids are in it? It does feel different with, uh, you know, as I say, 48 episodes of Scrubs uh, deleted. <laughs> well, it do- at the moment it doesn't because we've got your brother while he waits to move into, into a flat, so it doesn't feel that much different. But uh, we miss you, and, and when you went away, straight away on the Sunday, basically I came back from London and you, you went off. Yeah. Um, I did think, oh, I wish you'd stayed around for another day or so. Yeah, but, but I don't know. It's just something's, like, off when you're there. Maybe it's just because neither place feels like home. Like, so you're not going back to... But you're a little Love Island community at university. You wanted to get back there because yeah. you're partying on a regular <laughs> basis. I also want to get back because I was having a friend... I had a friend to stay, a friend from home, mm-hmm. to stay on the Sunday night, which was also, you know, like, clashing of, like, different lives or whatever. It was weird, but really fun. Um, no, I was excited to get back and stuff, but I think that it'll be exciting to come back for Christmas where I'm back for a month. Yeah, but then you won't want to go back to... No, exactly. Uni. That's why I don't like staying that much. I think a lot of people have said that, that like the first term, you kind of have to hard it out because y- you won't want to come back, if not. On the subject of partying, I did notice that an interesting theme for one of your parties is I presume this is your Halloween party. It's not a theme. You well you dressed up. It's just up what as, we decided to dress up right. as. So you it's dressed a Halloween up Halloween party. You dressed up as Hugh Hefner yeah. uh, of the Playboy Mansion. And the your other friends dressed up as bunny girls. Bunny girls. Playboy bunnies. Yeah. But it wasn't Playboy, just the girls, Playboy, it was the boys right. as well. Playboy bunnies. How does this play out in the uh, Me Too era? It's absolutely fine. This is such a ridiculous thing, Dad. Because what do you what do you even mean? Well, what I mean is, if I was to dress up as something that's, I mean, you can't get more politically incorrect than Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Mansion, and I would think it's a bit of fun. I would think, yeah, that is, yeah, I would think it's a bit of fun. But if if myself and some other gammon old people, whatever you like to call, no, if you dressed up as Hugh Hefner and a bunch of your like old male friends dressed up as Playboy bunnies, that would still be hilarious. If you dressed up as Hugh Hefner and then employed a bunch of 20-year-old girls to dress up as Playboy Bunnies, that would then be weird. It does seem very selective to me. You know, you watch something on TV or an old song or something, and it's like, ooh, that, that's terrible. What? That's a, 
No. The snowflake community. Because the whole point is that I, like, I'm not Hugh Hefner. No. And I'm not at all, the power dynamic in mine and my friend's relationship is not at all like that. No, I realise all that. Obviously, you're not doing it for for real. No, I'm I'm quite happy with it. It surprised me. Put it that way. It surprised me that the snowflake generation would do would it would even be. But it's a Halloween costume. It's fancy dress. Yeah. So where where do you draw the line at fancy dress? Because well, I mean, obviously you wouldn't black up or anything, or like culturally appropriate, like an indigenous population's no. culture. No, and you. I mean, but they, they Hugh used... Hefner is not. Hugh Hefner was very. Uh, I mean, if you look at no, no, the he was all yeah, of... no, no, but. Dressing up as in for Halloween is not a bad thing. No, but you wouldn't dress up as Jimmy Savile, for instance. You can buy those costumes. People have. People <laughs> no, have. No, but like, I don't think it would be amazing to dress up as Jimmy Savile. But I think, I think you can dress up as Hugh Hefner and it not be the same as Jimmy mm. Savile. Be interesting to find out if we get any reaction. I mean, I'm fine with it, obviously. I didn't get anyone say anything at the time. What you mean? Any of your friends say anything? Yeah, at the time? I put a picture on Instagram. Ruth underscore Kellner. <laughs> I, saw your, I saw your picture on uh, Instagram. It was very good. And uh, I invite everybody to go and have a look at it. But um, uh, uh, but not if you're weird. But, but not if you're weird. So just check first. Check that you're not weird. And as long as you're not weird, have a look at uh, Ruth's uh, picture on uh, Instagram with you and a few of your friends. that are yeah. dressed as uh, bunny girls. And I'm, I'm not saying... <laughs> bunny girls? That's what they call them, isn't it? No, Playboy bunnies. Playboy girls or something. I think they used to call bunny, them bunny They girls. didn't call them bunny girls. I'm sure they did. No. They well, can't. You know what we didn't do? We didn't we start do? with a your crush. No, I know. Well, that was up to you. You were going to do it, and you've well, just forgotten. Well... Then we can start again if you want. No, it's fine. Is, uh, no, no, no. No. We'll just as ch- a small interlude between mm. what we're going to talk about next, um, would you like to have some York crushes? Yes. Would you like you, to hear you, some? I've got two that I've said. You've got two York crushes. Let, we ought to explain again that York crush is the sort of local York University version of Tinder. No. No. Um, it's York, like the thing in Metro newspaper. It's like the thing on Craigslist, like Lonely Hearts. It's basically where you can send in someone's initials or send in someone you've seen you've that seen, is pretty yeah. and you write an anonymous uh, confession mm. of love. Uh, so this one is netball girls. Just netball girls in general. Why do they all have to be attractive? The game you play might be weird, but they definitely have game. Well, that was funny because it was like, why is netball such a weird game? Yes, netball, it's, I've always described netball as basketball for people who can't take all the excitement of basketball. <laughs> um, but they're not all uh, attractive netball players, Well, they? Well, this but person they think, clearly maybe they seems are it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then this is my other one that I liked. So this one, this one has initials. So it's had the initials and then it says, It's awkward timing and we can't do anything, but I really like you and you're all I think about. Please spend more time with me. So do you see how some of them are really, like, sweet like that and mm. others of them are just, like, you're all fit? <laughs> and you're not giving the initials, presumably, to avoid anybody who might be listening to this podcast to identify the people involved. Is well, yeah, I mean, it's on Facebook, so they can see the... You can see the initials pretty easily. It's on Facebook. Oh, I so, just didn't say it. But people outside your university can't see it, can they? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's a public Facebook page. I'm oh, pretty right. sure it's a public Facebook page anyway. But you'd have to join the uh, group or something. I it's say. not a group. Oh. It's just a page. Yeah, you, anyone can see it. And next week, you'll uh, bring us a couple of York rushes, which you'll put in the right position at the start of the podcast. Because then. Calling me out. Yeah. No, they're going to go every week, they're going to go in a weird <laughs> mid position. Right. Of my choosing. Good. 
So what else is going on at York University? Well, I'll tell you what else is going on. We're talking about houses for next year, which you have to do unbelievably early. You barely settle Mm -hmm. in. You barely get unpacked. And then already people are talking about what houses they're going to live in for next year. And presumably who you're going to live with. Well, yeah, that's the bigger thing, isn't it? That is the house, isn't it? Yeah. The who you're going to live with or whatever, which is really difficult to do when you don't... And it would you be do that. know the people, but everything changes so quick. Like, there's people that you're not friends with at the beginning of the year that you then become really good friends with and dynamics change really quickly because everyone's finding their feet and you just you just be with the people that you happen to be with at the start mm. and then slowly you figure out who it is that you actually want to be friends with or whatever and so we have we start talking about all these houses and stuff and groups of people we might move in with and it's all very difficult because you don't want to upset anyone and no one teaches you how to do it at all i'm presuming the size of the house and the cost of the rent would determine how many people would be in there mm. i mean you might find a, a nice we're looking house. at like a group of six yeah so you group of six so you want a house with three or four bedrooms well six bedrooms Oh, so you're all going to have individual rooms? That'd be I a think big so, house. yeah. Yeah, but big student houses, that's what they're like. Right. Yeah, so, no one will want to share a room. No. I think. So, it's, well, but you're sharing a room at the moment. Yeah, but I don't want to room. do it next year. No. So, I don't want to do it this, this year, really, but um, I mean, it it's fine, though. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You quickly adapt and, like, get used to it, mm. to be honest. And you, you, you're friendly enough with... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's... With my roommate and stuff. Yeah, no, it's fine, but still, like, it'd be nicer to be in your own room, but... It is, yeah, it is hard, and then you've got to then... But then there's, like, once you have decided who you want to live with or whatever, there's the practicality of, like, I went... I thought, like, well, as we were sat in the library, I was like, oh, I'll just, like, look for houses. I just typed in, like, houses in York, because I was like, I don't... I don't, you don't, I don't even know start? where to begin, yeah. yeah. And then they run all these, like, well-being workshops and... Who runs well-being So, workshops? like, the university will run, like, well-being workshops and, like, career workshops and writing skills and math skills or whatever. What I really want is someone to sit me in a room and tell me how to look for a house, like, tell me what website to go on and stuff, and no, one's t- no one tells you. No. You just kind of figure it out. If you put student houses in York, I suspect that's a decent place to It's really quite hard to find the websites there. You surprised me. No, it's really quite difficult. I mean, Mm. it's still quite early now, but then they do start to go really quick. Yeah, because York is a difficult place, because York is... It's not the worst. People in Durham have, like, already signed leases and stuff, because Durham's so small. But York is... York is difficult. Well, it's because yeah. of the uh, the city itself. It's a historic city. It's mm. a lot of old property, and because of planning, you know, planning restrictions. There lo- yeah, there are loads of places where y- you can't build, so you can't build new places. So it is, it's a limited stock of housing. I would have yeah. thought in York. Can well, we yeah, it's not infinite ha- number of houses and stuff. And yeah. That means some people then have to go into like just, the student-run ones and stuff. I was going to say, do some people sometimes stay in sort of student accommodation? For Most, yeah. like barely anyone. Just people who really can't find anyone to live with or stuff might have to live in halls again. But you don't want to live in halls again. And people are still taking the mickey out of your accent. All the time. Um, really? People I barely know. Yeah. Straight in there. What did I say the other day? Nerds. 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 Yeah. yeah. And what happened? Someone, someone who speaks, someone who speaks like this said, "Notes." Really? 
Mm. Well, ridiculous, isn't it? It is ridiculous, but they may be right. Mm. I, I rest, they may be right. They may be right. They may be helping you out by taking the mick. What? Why? I would, I would hate it if your charming accent disappeared. But researchers at Yale University have found that interviews... Oh, uh, do you want to hear a joke? Go on, then. Uh, where have you um, been for the last five years, then? So this... No, so there's... Uh, right. Do you want to hear a joke? I'd love to hear a joke. So um, there's a guy in a job interview and um, the interviewer says, so what have you been doing for the last five years? And he says, well, I've been at Yale. Um, And the interviewer says, oh, that's very impressive. And he says, yeah, I think I'm really right for the job. Yes, I have. It's good, isn't it? Yes, it is good. I've I've heard it before, but it's good. I've heard every joke before, but it's good to hear it again. It's an old one from years ago. I'd never Uh, heard that before. mm. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Researchers at Yale have found that uh, interviewers make immediate assumptions about your socioeconomic status based Mm. on the pronunciation of a few words. Denied access to candidates' CVs, the researchers ask people to judge professional qualities, or in the words of your joke, judge professional qualities and social class from a candidate's voice and assign a starting salary. They found that if your accent was thought to be from a higher social class, you were judged more competent and more likely to get the job, and you were also likely to be offered a higher starting salary. Yeah. Uh, if you so, th- Well, this... that makes perfect sense, but also... Who wants to live in that world? Well, precisely. You stick to your guns. But a lot of the newspaper coverage of this had the headline, uh, a plummy accent helps you get the job, sort of thing. So it was saying, although this was American research, I didn't think that in America accents were as important, but apparently they are. Oh, yeah, they really yeah. are. And also here. but uh, Yeah, because like a Southern American accent with like a drawl or like a Midwest yeah. accent and stuff. Yeah. But the BBC, uh, God bless them, employ, not just the BBC, but all the broadcasters now employ a range of uh, regional accents. Which yeah, I well, they've got make, to, I yes. think, yeah. And it, so that does make it more accessory. I mean, for years I remember... I do think you don't sound as smart, like, when you're meeting people, or that people are less likely to take you seriously. Well, that's if you've wrong got an accent. That's... No, but I do feel that way. Yeah. I'm not sure that applies. I, I was surprised I, when I No, I think research. it does, when I've met people. Or just that instantly you sound common. Do you think so? Yeah, when it's like, and also like, well, you, are you not going to try? I feel and like change, people are you are, to no, no. Lives? I'm not trying to change it, and I'm like happy to, you know, like also. Are you happy who to be do, the butt it, of everybody's jokes <laughs> at university? No, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to do that. But it's also like a thing of I don't really want to be friends with someone if they're going to make if they're going to decide who they're friends with based mm. on whether they think they're working class or not. But I do. I have had people being like, oh, you like where it's been like, wow, they think I'm, like, super working class, which is just not true at all. <laughs> but it is, the, it is the accent, and I think... Do people sort of congratulate you on drawing yourself from your... Just, yeah, reaching myself out of the squalor of the <laughs> north of England. I think it also is a thing of, um, like, if you've got a Newcastle accent, it's more classless, whereas kind of a Leeds accent, I think, is more linked to class, maybe, or something. I would say you're probably right. Yeah, though. or, like, a Scottish accent is kind of classless. I think there's different accents for Like outside of Scotland, though. Yeah. I think... I think Scottish accent is, is classes, definitely. Scottish... All that Scottish... Irish, and definitely Irish. classes. Because that's why they love them for the, like, phone call centres and stuff. Yeah, well, they love... See, different accents are different things. They love the Yorkshire accent if it's a financial institution, like First Direct Bank and various... That's why so many finance houses have moved up to Yorkshire. Mm. Because people, if they're telephone banking... It's a trustworthy they, accent. They think it's trustworthy, mm. the... 
the Yorkshire accent. It's You're not smart enough to screw someone over. <laughs> well, possibly that. Whereas a Geordie accent is considered very good for comedians. You know. Oh, really? Well, there's lots of Geordie comedians: Ross Noble, Chris Ramsey, Sarah Millican, and lots. Sarah of, Millican, arguable. Yeah. Well, th- th- that's the point because people speak with a Geordie accent, people assume they're funny. Mm. Oh, it so, is so true, Geordie, like whatever. Whereas Leeds is a terrible accent for comedians. I'm trying to think of a Leeds comedian. Keith Lemon, I Keith suppose. Lemon, yeah. yeah. Although, I don't yes. think he's funny. No, well, I don't think he's funny either. But some um, people do love him. But he is a classic Leeds accent. Mm, uh, true. And then, you see, Northern accents... Are, are, it, is, it is a North of England thing as well. Yeah. Well, Northern accents are very good for uh, light entertainment. For instance, uh, Paddy McGuinness. You want to say he's the funniest... Wait, where's he from? Uh, Lancashire. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, so he's got the sort of classic Bolton, Lancashire accent, mm. which seems to be better for that light entertainment thing than your beautiful classic Leeds accent. Yeah, it is also... Um, I don't think people have heard, like, a Leeds accent before that much. Like, you know, you hear a lot of, like, general Yorkshire, but Leeds is actually quite specific in terms of vowel mm. noises. I don't mind it. Time for a bit of music. Should we start with mine? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's the king of rock and roll, not Elvis, Chuck Berry. Are you familiar with Chuck Berry? Yeah, he did that rock rock around the clock or something. No, that was Bill Haley. No. What's the song that he does? Well, this is one that he does. It's called Maybelline. Maybelline, why can't you be true? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? They were on 1955, that one, by Chuck Berry, his first big mm. hit. Had loads of other hits, and some of these you may know, Roll Over, Beethoven. Uh, the Beatles did a version of that. Very, uh, The Beatles very influenced by uh, Chuck Berry. Rock and Roll Music, another one that the Beatles uh, covered at one stage. And uh, Johnny B. Good, those are probably the best oh, known yeah, ones. Yeah, and I've heard Johnny B. Good. I think you will, because some of those movies that you watched sort of set in that uh, era use uh, Chuck Berry. Mm. Brilliant. Are you... A fan? What do you think? It's all right. I wouldn't like choose to listen to it, but if it came on, I wouldn't be like upset. Right. Berry refined and developed rhythm and blues into the major elements that made rock and roll distinctive. So one of the absolute pioneers. Mm. And uh, lots of references to Cars, Coupe de Ville, Cadillacs and all that, because uh, mid-50s America, cars were a huge yeah. thing. You know, the, um, like Greece. Well, like Greece, yeah, but proper. Wait, Greece isn't real? I thought it was a. I thought it was a documentary. A documentary. No, not a documentary. Oh. Surprisingly, um, unbelievable. Also, not just a, a rock and roller, Chuck Berry. Also, a, an armed robber. While still a high school student, he was convicted of armed robbery and was sent to a reformatory where he was held from 1944 to 1947. That's a long time to be in prison, actually, isn't it? It is. Well, armed robbery is a serious crime. After his release, Berry settled into married life and worked at an automobile assembly plant. Obviously, one of the reasons he was so obsessed with Loves cars. cars. Loves them. By early 1953, influenced by the guitar riffs and showmanship techniques of the blues musician T-Bone Walker, uh, he started performing. And he used to do this thing on the stage called the Duck Walk, which was... Sometimes you talk about the past and it just doesn't seem real. Mm, well, it is like real. It just sounds completely made up. 
No, all these things happened. All these things happened. Uh, 1950s, of course, 50s America, the Eisenhower era. It was uh, that's why people were, were singing about cars and uh, soda fountains and all those things. It was all it's all new. It was, it was all it's new exciting. It was all new and exciting. Yours? Should we just play it and then? You um, all yeah, it's it. a song called "Dry Your Eyes" by the Streets. Their eyes must have closed for what seems an eternity. When they open up, she's looking down at her feet. Dry your eyes, mate. I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. There's plenty more fish in the sea. Dry your eyes, mate. I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts. But you've got to walk away now. It's over. Excellent. Uh, dry your eyes, mate. By uh... It's just called Dry Your Eyes. It's not called Dry Your Eyes, mate. No, it's just Shut called up, Dry Your Eyes. I've been going around all these years calling it Dry Your Eyes, mate. Love um, you. Mm, but that's sort of working class um, rock, you know. No, right. It is. It's, it's not rock at all. Well, whatever, pop. It's 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 hip hop, but it's grime, really. Like it's it? the streets. Yeah, it's hip hop. Mm. Yeah. So who is he, the guy? So it's know? Mike Skinner of well of the streets. Who is? He is the streets, Mike Skinner. Yeah, yeah um, from Birmingham. Uh, is he from Birmingham? From Birmingham. So why is Birmingham he... native. All right. And then he moved to... Um, so he sounds well, Cockney. Yeah, well, then he moved to London to the, like, grime scene and whatever. But he's, yeah, originally from from Birmingham. Hmm. Birmingham. So and that's from that's his album... That's Birmingham accent. Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. That is Birmingham accent. Well, it's, it's close, but no cigar, I think. What? It's very hard Birmingham. to say. Birmingham? Yeah, it'll do. I'm from um, I'm from Birmingham. Now that that really isn't a Birmingham accent. Though. So what's that then? I don't know what it is. It's just you doing a stupid voice, really. Oh, um, I thought I was spot on then. Mm. Right. Well. Anyways, um, so that's from the album "A Grand Don't Come for Free," it's released been out for in two thousand and four. Yeah. yeah I was say. Um, so basically, I just picked it because I'd kind of not been listening. I've not li- I'd not listened to anything new or anything that I, new that I thought oh, I want to put that on. Um, and so this is one of my favourites, like one of the songs I really like. Mm. And it's probably their like second most famous song, but I just, it's been really... Why second most? What's the most famous? I would have probably thought it'd been, uh, has it come to this maybe? No, I'd say that was their most famous song. No. Well, it's one that I've heard loads of times. Fit But You Know It is probably more famous than that as well. Oh, I like that, Fit But You Know It. But I think that uh, Dry Your Eyes, mate. I would have just thought it would have been something from original pirate material that would have been their most famous, personally. But Well, we'll put it out to the public. If you do want to get in touch with us on any of these controversial issues, uh, accents, um, Hugh Hefner, whether that's uh, appropriate, and the streets, whether Dry Your Eyes, mate. No, but I mean, a... I just want to... I know it's, like, a bit basic and everyone's heard the song, whatever... But sometimes stuff is popular yeah, for a reason. For a reason, and that is popular for a reason. It's very because it's good. very good, it's and then um, it's very comforting to have. But if you do want to hear, if you do want to get in touch to tell me something, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you do want to get in touch to um, tell me I was wrong to dress up as Hugh Hefner or right, then um, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail dot com. I wasn't actually finished. I was waiting for you to say it again, and then I was going to say, and if you want to hear the songs in full... You can do all that, don't worry. 
Which brings us quite conveniently to the uh, emails this week, which um, pronunciation is a key issue. Oh, is it? Uh, it is. Darren Leithley has been in touch and says, being a multimedia crony, I saw the tweet about Ruth's southern acquaintances getting pronunciation cards for... Oh, phonetics, phonetic cards, yeah, yeah. That's how to pronounce things. First, it's quite something to come up north and try telling folk how to talk, Reet. <laughs> Secondly, I experienced similar at uh, my university, Warwick. My rendition of, I am going to the shop, does anyone want anything... Uh, which is, I'm off to shop, do you want out? Uh, in not that broad a Yorkshire accent, uh, brackets tingly, he says it caused much hilarity at Warwick University. What I never asked of them was where is the second R in grass? Or indeed, where is the R in bath and class? Uh, one was studying English, so ought to have known. Uh, I'm in admiration for anyone learning languages uh, to go from scratch to, I suppose, fluency in a year. We, Not no, I won't be fluent, fluent by the end of the year, though. but I'll be quite good by the end of the year, hopefully. <laughs> I anyway, say that, but he, we'll see. We'll see. He says uh, a decades haphazard. This is himself. A decades haphazard learning of uh, German, and I can just about hold together a conversation with my in-laws who aren't even German. He's not said that. <laughs> Another language is tale from university. One of my co-residents in halls was studying French. She was relating a blank moment she had in a seminar where she'd forgotten the word for the person at the front desk of a hotel. What? You mean the concierge? <laughs> what? As in, what's the French for concierge? <laughs> uh, anyway, it says, keep on potting. It's from Darren Leithley in Dublin. John Cairns. Uh, who is in uh, Ukraine. Remember, he got in touch with us yes, before. Yes, yeah, yeah. He said, my daughter Emily and I were well chuffed with having a name check on an award-nominated podcast. He says, possibly soon to be award-winning, but at the moment we are award-nominated. 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 Oldest daughter, uh, Jessica, disappointed about not having the uh, same. She wanted one as well. So now there, you go. there you go. I just wanted to clarify the Kiev Kiev spelling. Um, the, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. K-Y-I-V and K-I-E-V. Yeah. Uh, Martin, you have to be congratulated on your pronunciation. Your Kiev was perfect. Kiev. 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 Uh, Kiev. Kiev. Kiev, like that. I know that you get a hard time from Ruth for your pronunciation of Kanye and other popular... That was actually quite the good moment. then. I was here, popular <laughs> in the moment, people. Simply explain the English translation of the Russian language is Kiev, while the Ukrainian is Kiev. Following the invasion of Crimea and eastern Ukraine by Russian-led forces in 2013, uh, there was a lot of changes and anger directed towards Russia, which led to massive changes to the former Russian naming of streets and areas uh, all over the country. These were all changed to more national-based foundations, the major one being Kiev to Kiev. Lee Scholes, so th this is really about getting into a new... You know, we were talking two or three podcasts ago about your little wobble and not looking forward to going to university yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Well, he had a similar experience. He said, uh, when I joined the fire service in West Yorkshire uh, in 1978, uh, also at the age of 18, uh, you might find the contrast interesting between 
his initiation into the fire service and your initiation into uh, university. He said, I turned up on the first day and was shocked to find that it was like being in the military. Stand to attention, don't walk, run, march everywhere. Uh, it was a 12-week course where you had to sleep in from Monday to Friday. Uh, we were in a dormitory for 24 people, all men in those days. I expected everyone would be my age, but it was a mix of 18 to 30-year-olds with an average age of 22 or 23. Uh, I was less than a year from leaving school and truly felt like a boy amongst men. You wouldn't like to suddenly go... Well, no, no, that know, sounds... There's such a difference between 18-year-old boys and, and men. He says, we had to go to stores to get our kit on the first day, which included fire kit, uniform, bedding and PT gear. This was all put in a huge cardboard box, which we had to then carry back to our dormitory. Uh, the bottom of my box fell through. It was raining and I had a terrible struggle oh. get, yeah, getting it back to the dormitory, where I got a rollicking from my instructor for taking uh, so long. Uh, there wasn't room in my dormitory for everyone, uh, and I ended up in a separate room on my own in the first night. Uh, hardly perfect for bonding with my fellow recruits. He goes on to various traumatic things. He says, the first week was really hard and I wanted to pack it in every day. But I can honestly say by the end of the second week, I totally got used to what I was expected to do and the rest of the course wasn't a problem. My opinion is that if you stick at something and try to fit in, you will almost certainly succeed. I went on to complete 32 extremely happy years in the fire service. There you go. Well done. So it's been a bad week for the fire service, so it's nice of some some good and positive news there. From that, and if you do want to get in touch with us, um, it's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. That's Martin and Ruth Podcast at gmail.com. Went out on Thursday for my birthday. It's always a little bit disappointing, I think. Halloween, like my birthday is Halloween, and it's also uh, and us coming out of Europe Day. I was, it was, you know, it was Brexit day. My student, my student, my maintenance stuff was being taken out of my account. There was a lot going on, but also, you know how New Year's Eve is always that night that everyone has puts really big expectations on, and then it's never that yeah, good. Yeah. My birthday is a bit like the that because it's way, Halloween. The only way New Year's Eve sort of works out that good is if you run all the way to some huge banqueting suite. And then you see Meg Ryan there and you tell her that you want your... Obviously. You know, like, if Harry... Sally Albright and Harry Burns? Pretty sure. Yeah. I'll just check. I think it's Harry Burns. Anyway, basically, Billy Crystal is not going to come and run into a ballroom, I doubt. And it's the same on Halloween. You're kind of expecting Billy Crystal the whole night and he never turns up. And although it's really fun, it's just one of those nights. And I, um, I preferred... I've preferred lots of other nights out more than Halloween. Um, also, don't you always find your birthday like a little bit sad? Well, I do at my age. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you very do. Sad at my age. But did you, when you were like 18, 19 as well, a little bit? No, I, you know, I'm trying it's to. It's only think. been these last two years where I've just been a bit like. Oh. I'm not a great birthday person. old a bit. Even when I was 18, 19. I it's never always quite that. overwhelming as well, mm. I find. See, when I was growing up, 18 wasn't a big birthday at all. 21 was the uh, was the big birthday. Right. But I don't remember doing anything. Uh, I think I went out for a curry on my 21st birthday. I never was a big birthday guy. I could never see... No, I don't... And I always just get annoyed I don't with, love it. No, me neither. I get annoyed with people who say, oh, it's my birthday week. And they sort of... I mean, I do that, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, <what's> <laughs> Only birthday? a little bit. No, no, of course not. But... Um, 
it's just yeah and everyone was so nice to me and stuff and like wrote me like lovely cards and my flatmates bought me a cake and all that kind of stuff and it was lovely oh so you let it be known widely that it was your birthday yeah obviously no we've got um we've got a big like poster up in the kitchen it's got the dates of everyone's birthdays on so we can like celebrate them it was a weird one because it was your first birthday like being away from home and stuff and not waking up and seeing mum and all that kind of thing yeah, Harry Burns is... Harry Burns is, isn't it, yeah. It is Harry Burns. Unless we're talking about Harry Burns, who is the Professor of Global Public Health at the University of Strathclyde. But I suspect he's not the guy we're talking about. My best about. friend goes to Strathclyde. Yep, I went to Strathclyde. I'm an ex- well, ex- went. I was there for a year, Ruth. I was there. Um, and who knows whether you're going to make it True. through uh, at York. I'm really enjoying the going out thing, so maybe I could just sack off the degree and then just... Well, tell me about the degree. Gosh, what is there to say? It's hard work. But um, are you doing... I'm, do, I'm doing of, the work. Yeah. I do the work that I'm sat, but I need to go well, back the, the, over the other What are you supposed to do this reading? So does everybody... This reading at, week we've been Does getting, everybody at no, university get a reading Literally week, the right? only people I've met who have reading weeks are the people on linguistics or languages. Right. Yeah, no one has a reading week. It's so really weird, So presumably they're expecting you to do something. Yeah, I've been sat work and stuff. Yeah. So the other day I had to write 200 words in Spanish, which is a lot considering how little Spanish I know. Mm. A lot, a lot. And did you manage it? Okay. I've, I've written what, what, it, yeah. what have you, Was it about anything in... It was about what Latin American country we'd like to visit and why. So I did Peru. And why do you want to visit Peru? I said I wanted to visit... The thing is, though, you've got a very basic grasp of the language. Mm. So it kind of sounds like a child's written it. And a lot of it is just like, I would like to visit Peru to see Machu Picchu. I would like to visit Peru because those are the only words Mm. you know. So it gets a bit tedious, really. I said um, to try the foods, to help learn my, to help improve my Spanish. But I couldn't say improve, so I had to say, like, to help learn Spanish. Or maybe Uh, just to learn. You had to do it without a dictionary and everything. Well, no, you can use a dictionary and stuff, but there's no point, like looking up every single word, you know, or, like, having to put in full things into Google Translate because you're not learning anything then. Um, and Google Translate is just nonsense, isn't it? No, not really. Isn't it? If you put in a full sentence into Google Translate, you not you shouldn't, but if you do put in a full sentence into Google Translate, most likely you'll get an mm. accurate definition. Because when you, you go on to... Um, the best thing to use is Reverser, if you're learning a language, just... Oh. Reverso. Reverso, yeah. Oh, right. Well, that's a bit of a tip for us. The um, But when I've been onto TripAdvisor and looked at a restaurant abroad, you know, mm. wherever, and uh, it's all the reviews are all written in that language, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. in Spanish or German or whatever. Uh, and I yeah, put not it into with, Google like, paragraphs. Trans- yeah, I put it into Google Translate it with... and it comes back with yeah. gibberish. No, not with paragraphs. So the best thing to do is, like, a sentence or a phrase. Yeah, it's not ideal. We have to do teamwork in my French as well. You get put into groups of three and you have to do this like weird dissertation thing and it's that my French teacher's quite intense. She's very French. Very, very French. What do we mean exactly by very French? She's just like think of a French person. Um Francoise Hardy. No, not like think of no, just meant like in your head. No, oh, she's right, just very French and like they're not you know how English teachers be like, Oh good job, like wow yeah like you're doing really well and stuff if you're wrong about something she'll just be like you're wrong anyone else like she's it's stern stern and straight to the point but she's good so i think it should be all right does she look very french then does she, does she look one of them elegant? looks really really french because the other one doesn't french look that french elegant high heel shoes etc no not like that but one of them does look really french the other one is looks kind of not french well 
when we're trying to define the generation gap, which is really the, mm. the point of the of the podcast in many ways, and define what makes you a snowflake and what makes me uh, a gammon, is you know in in raw you know brutal terms. Really. Yeah, a boomer. Uh, Have well, you heard like this about this, this I'm, week? I'm, I'm everyone's a... been using okay, boomer as like an insult. Oh, boomer is an insult because I was thinking yeah. myself as a baby boomer. All right, boomer. Um, Right. Like if you say something that's like, I'm oh, not going to so argue that. Okay, you. boomer. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think what divides us baby boomers or gammons or whatever you want to call us uh, from snowflakes like yourself mm-hmm. is the attitude to allergies. Grace, <laughs> Grace Dent wrote an interesting piece. She's just realised that she's now moved from being Generation X to being uh, uncle or anti-disgusting. She says, I believe allergies exist, yes, but like many people in their mid-40s, which she is, uh, I just don't believe that quite so many people truly have them. And she says, oh, I agree with that, though. Here we have the generation gap writ large. Then she goes on to trance. So there's the allergies thing. And the other thing, uh, as well as allergies, that sort of splits the generations is... Uh, attitudes to transgender and all those various debates and you know the hundred new categories you have of genders and things Uh, she says suddenly we find ourselves both supportive of the battle for trans recognition but struggling with the grammar i noted last month she didn't alone in noting it i noted it as well that the singer sam smith would from now on be using the pronouns they and them Uh, i'm happy for them and I understand fully why they want that. Still, the very next time I read a news story about Sam that informs me they attended a party, my eyes spun round and round the paragraph, like Mr Bean, looking for the other person with whom they attended the party. Um, but I think that's a really just void sort of argument because you already use singular form of they, them all the time without even noticing it. So you'll, if you sat at the table and someone leaves their bag and you don't know whose it was, you'd be like, oh, is that bag theirs? That's the singular form of they, them. Mm. You don't... And you, yeah, you use it all the time. Like, if, you, if someone was called Joe and you didn't know whether they were a boy or a girl, you'd be like, oh, are they coming tonight? Like, you use they, them as singular all the time without even noticing it. It's only when someone tells you that it would be polite to do it that people have a problem with it or people can't wrap their heads around it. I think it's it. when it's written down. You do it so naturally. They're, they're on tour. Oh, who's on tour? Sam Smith yeah, and but, who else? But it's so easy just to do it. That's what I don't understand. That's what I'll never understand about this debate is that, like, regardless of whether you understand it or not, it's so easy just to do it or to try and do it, get it wrong, and then be corrected. One last bit about uni that I wanted to tell you about is we're having our, like, um, college... So within the university, there's college... I go to, like, a collegiate system uni, um, and we're having our, like, college election things. For, like, there's, like, a wellbeing officer... Um, a BAME officer, a like chair of the college, a secretary, a treasurer, like lots of different positions and uh, ones for like each block and stuff like that. And I can't believe we went, we went by accident, to be honest. We were going to the bar last night and um, <laughs> accidentally so they were they doing their... they the way to the bar, <laughs> they'll be fine. They were doing their speeches while we were in the bar, so we got, like, heard some of them. Um, I can't believe the amazing amount of apathy it's met with. <laughs> Literally no one cares. Yeah. Only the only people who care are the people who are like running and like some of their like friends or whatever people around it. But the people who are running but, are, they, are they students? Yeah, or, students. Yeah, yeah. Some some first years, but mostly second or third years, I think. Um, there's like a sports officer and those kind of things, um, and no one really seems to massively care a great deal. 
which is a worry with the general election coming up. Mm. But so, you're, you're going to vote uh, locally in Wakefield, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. I've, I've weighed it up. You, yeah, and you to, looked at it seriously. To tactically vote. Yeah. Um, my vote will be like worth more in Wakefield rather than York Outer. York Outer's mm. massive. Yeah. And we can't say who you're going to vote for. So no, because it's a say. secret. It's a secret, and That's it's also, the whole idea. Mm, but it's also the uh, it's a pending period, so you can't. What I'm saying is there there are election rules, and yeah. as a presenter, we have to think of you as a presenter. Genuinely, genuinely, I'm thinking of you as a presenter. You can't say it. No, you can't. You can't say. I mean, you when can, can I say who I'm going to vote for then? After the election. After the election. That's After it. After the election, yeah. Because the, wow, uh, I feel really professional. Well, you see, as because uh, this will go out on on talk radio as well as being on uh, all your favourite podcast providers, etc. And th- because people love you as a presenter, mm. uh, they, you, you would be... Unf- Tens of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, they would, you would be unfairly influenced in the election. So don't say wow, what yeah. vote for. Te- they, the, whatever party could get tens of votes from this. Yeah. Well, it's it could you know you occasionally find the could election swear goes, the balance, yeah. You could swear the balance, so don't <laughs> say who you're going to vote for, and also don't say who you're going to vote for in the well as the well-being officer because that could sway the whole vote. Well, so so quite a lot are, of the positions, there's vote? only one person. Oh, right. in, of course, I'll, yeah, of course, I'll vote for them. I'll look at their little manifestos and whatnot. I don't know. It's another one of those things where you think that university is going to be this incredibly like everyone's so passionate about everything or whatever, <laughs> but really people just like going out a lot. I think, at least in the first year. Do you have a meme for us? Of course I do. This is a tweet that someone did, but, you know, it's funny. Um, (laughs) Friendly reminder that planet Earth is a dense molten core encased in a layer of solids and therefore is, technically speaking, a ravioli. So, Dad, that is all I've got to tell you from this week. Good. Um, and I'll see you next week, I guess. Uh, well, I guess you will. And just a reminder, if you do want to get in touch with us, because yeah. often the emails are about the most interesting part of the podcast, <laughs> do get in touch with us. It's some <laughs> some would question whether they should just write an email, just read it to themselves and sack off the podcast entirely. But no, we will be back next week with lots more university stories, I hope. Um, and if you do want to get in touch, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. It's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. All lower score, all... Lo- lower score, no, lowercase. Lower all lowercase, all one word. Um, and while you're on the internet, if you go onto Spotify, you can find the playlist with this week's songs in full and all the others from all the other weeks um, that we've been doing the song by typing Ruthie, me and my dad, or just Martin and Ruth. 